For November 29th, 2021, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 700. Fire truck, 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 fire truck. Hey, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 700. Where we subject the popular culture, uh, continue to subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. The overthinkers are your smart, funny friends from the internet. We're never happier than when we are hanging around uh, and talking about the things we love. And uh, one of the things we love... <laughs> is hanging around. So let's talk about that. Um, we have an incredible reunion panel with us tonight. Uh, all-stars, this this team, lineup of first-team all-stars. Uh, I'm Matt Rather. Uh, I am, you know, usually here. Someone who's not usually here is Ben Adams. Ben, hello. How are you? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you? I'm, uh, oh, I've uh, asked and answered, Counselor. <laughs> I am I am happy to be be on the podcast for 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 a change. It's been been a few months. It's been a few months. All right, we'll catch up with you and everybody more in just a second. Also, uh with us always a treat when he uh decides to show up. It's Matt Belinky. Hey Matt, I heard you had a long drive today. I I love that passive aggressive introduction. Uh thank you. Yeah, no, I I came all the way down to Connecticut's uh from Connecticut. So I'm excited to be, I got a little flurry on the way back. It was it was, you know, just reminding me that that all I want for Christmas is you is officially in season now. Oh yeah. No, I started I started singing uh Deck the Halls today. <laughs> just doing, you know, doing housework around the apartment. I thought you were like a good King Wenseless guy. I love that. I good he came out on the Feast of Stephen. Or he went out. He didn't come out on the Feast of Stephen. That's is a different the, the deal with him is that he melts footprints and everyone else walks in the footprints because he's like a, he's a mutant of some kind he's so blessed by god matt he's so blessed by god that even though you're walking through a winter storm if you tread in the the steps that good king wenceslas has trod uh you will be warm because his good how many syllables are in his name three wenceslas okay <laughs> Wences. I have more w- questions, but I'll save them for for later. Wenceslas. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, well, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you you came safely through the snow, uh, riding in the tire tracks of Good King Wenceslas. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Fenzel is next in the alphabet. Pete, how are uh, how are you doing? Isn't this amazing? What a thing! This is so great. It's so great to have so many people here, and also just thinking about all the people who aren't here that we've had on the podcast over the years for a little while or a long while. You know, thinking of all of you and uh, just, yeah, if I if I didn't have a toddler and weren't already somewhat, in you know, uh, impaired by having taken care of him all day, I would probably be raising a glass of wine and just thinking wistfully and joyfully about uh, all of these people we've gotten to share this great time with. I generally I generally don't, uh, you know, enjoy an adult beverage on the podcast anymore while we're recording because I feel like it impairs more than it, it uh, you know, more than it helps. But uh, this is a special occasion. So I got a um, I got a uh, I got a what an Isla scotch here and I'm, I'm raising it to you, Pete Fenzel, uh, ah. my, my boon companion. <laughs> 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 and uh and my other boon companion mark lee hey mark what, what isn't this a hell of a thing the hell of a thing i was just reflecting that um since we've been doing this podcast um they put out as many terminator movies as existed prior to us starting 
That is to say three. <laughs> Regrettably so. We've been around that long. That's yeah, that reflecting on the passage of time is something that I I, I hope we get to do over the course of the hour. Uh and uh so uh hey, <laughs> look who's back. Guess who's back? It's John Parrish. John, did you have a tagline uh, to introduce yourself when you were on the podcast? Uh not that I can recall. I'm not <laughs> what up, what up, what? Uh, there it is. Oh yes. yeah, I thought you weren't going to do it, and that was Hasn't that lost was anything. Yeah, people didn't. Uh, people uh, <laughs> never never lost a step. Uh, because uh, for I mean for the last thirteen years, I've been wondering perennially what up, and uh, the the answer the answer never comes. No, that's it, it and it, and it never will. Ryan Sheely next in the alphabet. Ryan, how are you? And Matt, I have a question for you. Oh dear! No, wrong podcast, wrong wrong franchise. Don't start. Oh, don't start swearing. If we're an indie band, I really want to know if the Overthinking It podcast is an indie band because we've toiled away putting out our demo tapes and EPs uh, for for seven hundred episodes. <laughs> are you saying our Are you saying our first efforts were better? <laughs> I'm saying we never sold out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I tried. It didn't take. <laughs> you know. It was uh, a whole thing. And Jordan Stokes is here as well. Jordan, hello. How's it going? I'm just coming off of hosting my first Thanksgiving. Wow. At your house, how many how many people did you have in addition to your family of four? Oh, three. <laughs> three. Three yeah, other so people. So not huge. up now. Kind of, right? Kind of. Is that a good pivot? Do we get to pivot now? <laughs> I uh, yeah, let's let's pivot. We're I mean we're grownups now. We're we're I mean, with the exception of me, you're uh, you're what you're sort of rakish and irresponsible friend who is un- as yet unmarried though very recently engaged. I'm happy to say I'm delighted to say. Hey, congratulations! Oh, uh, thank you very, very much. Um, I I look for, I I look at all of you, uh, you know, as uh, you know, married parents and. I think I'm going to go through, uh, you know, uh, God willing, I'm going to go through a lot of that, except I'll be older. I'll be like 10 years older than you are when it, when it sort of happens for me. And so I'm, I'm like thinking about being, being sort of an older parent, but like, yes, I mean, Jordan, what, what just ring the changes? What are the, what are the things, the catalog of things that have changed in the 700 episodes worth of time since we started this podcast? I mean, should I start? Yeah, well, like, why, gosh, why not? Yeah, because so when we when we started this, I was still working in like a regular job, and over the course of overthinking it, at some point, I like I, I stopped doing that. I went to grad school, um, and I stuck around in grad school for about as long as people typically do, which is longer than you intend to or want to. And I entered the academic job market and actually like got a job on the academic job market, which all of that took a long, long time. Um, and yet the podcast is still here, which amazes me. Yeah. Um, the, the I'm, I'm sorry, but Jordan, I went out of, out of canonical, alphabetical order i really should have started with ben if we were going to uh going to go around the horn like ben is there anything is you know uh other than the obvious everyone sort of established permanent relationships and has had children and stuff like that but what what would you say is different about you than than when we started or what what is you know different about uh in your your perspective i don't know right can can you sir reflect on the passage of time 
Well, I mean, the uh, the most obvious is the the thing that has changed since you all started overthinking it was that I joined overthinking <laughs> it because I believe of everyone on the podcast, I'm the only non OG uh, overthinking it here. So I I'm just happy that I've had this this group of friends and opportunity to jump on every once in a while and uh, you know blather about pop culture with you all. It's so that, a, that's it, the big thing. I mean, I went to law school and I had kids, but that's you know nothing. <laughs> compared to uh, <laughs> overthinking it and uh, getting to know you all fine people. I I agree, Ben. Well, no, it's, uh, you know, well, I feel like we didn't, uh, we didn't even achieve our, our final form uh, until you joined. And, and John Parrish also was not in the, in the founding group. And even all the people who we went to college with were not necessarily in the founding group. Like the, the original idea of overthinking it was that it was going to be uh, humor pieces that Mapalinky submitted to McSweeney's, but that they didn't want to publish. So this was really just a, a uh, you know, a place for his, you know, for the the kind of second choice <laughs> venue of publication. Uh, isn't that so, Matt? Yeah, I believe the most recent one of those I tried, which was like the what the Trump robot was going to say at the Hall of Presidents at Disney World. Uh, and they did. Yeah, they didn't want that. <laughs> Did, did we publish that? Did we put that? I think on I that? slid it in at some point, and 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 we barely wanted to publish it either. <laughs> when when we had uh, when we you know yeah we had those things. Um, well, uh, yeah, Matt, what's an unexpected thing that's that's changed for you? I mean, other than the obvious, what wh- how has time passed for you in in uh, you know these seven hundred episodes? Oh, let's see. I mean, let's uh, you know, well, I got married, so that happens. Uh, I had a couple kids. I'm trying to come up with what the uh, what the big one is. Uh, I went from having an Xbox, to having a PlayStation, which really, you know, I look in the mirror and I barely recognize myself nowadays, but, wow. uh, you know, just, just occasionally I miss the, the feel of the Xbox 360 controller and the, the uncomfortable way that the headset would sort of dig into your ears at the, and I know there are third party headsets, but I feel like using the uncomfortable Xbox 360 headset was like part of the whole, um, part of the whole experience um they i did notice that there's a they're they're doing like a sort of an unofficial reboot of a uh, left for dead and i have fond memories of that so uh, those those of you who who might be interested in starting like a back for blood uh group like you know like an oti um you know a, a cadre to take on the undead uh i might be might be up for that mm. land on the discord man get on the discord yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it to the discord and yeah, so I'm just I just want to summarize what you said is that video game systems have gotten better and you're sad about that. Video games have gotten different and I'm sad about that. Mm. I don't I don't know. I mean, better is like a relative term because here's the interesting thing is that all the video games that my kids are obsessed with are not video games that like take advantage of all these, you know, the horsepower of these new consoles. They're like mobile games. They're games that could have been programmed you know, 15 or 20 years ago, uh, you know, they, they would have been like, you know, uh, you know, Nintendo 64 games back then, but it's like, it is interesting that I feel like the younger generation, you know, like back, back in our day, we wanted things to be looking more and more real. We wanted to be able to, 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 um, you know, when we ran over those pedestrians in Grand Theft Auto, you really wanted to, to see them bounce off of the pavement in like a realistic way. And now it's like, um, you know, I'm trying to come up with a a good example. You just you just want the the imposter to be to be your favorite color. 
And if you could, if, if you know, it's like if, if you could uh, customize the color of like your little spaceman, uh, that's all they, that's all they need to be happy. We definitely started in before, uh, before a time of virtual goods and downloadable content. I mean, the podcast was ba- barely downloadable in the day. Well, jeez, uh, what was the first iPhone? 20, uh, 2007. Okay. So we, we were barely in the age of smartphones. Yeah, I guess we just squeaked in being starting the site in 2000, uh, uh, 2008, January 22nd. And then the first podcast was February 22nd. Oh, wait, no, January 24th. I'm sorry. I'm old now and I can't remember. I can't remember dates. But yeah, January 24th, I believe. Uh, and then February 22nd was the first podcast, though, as we know, we did not go. Uh, we date the uh, we date the anniversary sometimes to episode thirteen because that was the first weekly podcast uh, since which we have not we have not missed a, a weekly episode a, a record mm-hmm. that that gets weightier and weightier and more and more anxiety provoking every every day that it I passes. do notice we do we do predate Angry Birds which was two thousand and nine and and uh, now not only does Angry Birds exist but there are two Angry Birds movies. Uh, the second of which I think for a long time was the top rated video game movie of all time, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. But I think, yeah. According to the aggregate scores of the critics, that's hard to believe. I don't know. Maybe we need to watch uh, Angry Birds too and oh, figure man. out what all the fuss is about. I mean, what, what are, what are the better video game movies? I feel like wasn't there one that came out this year that was like actually people people liked it unironically, <laughs> and yet none of us can name it. So did it? <laughs> apparently this this arcade this League of Legends show on Netflix is halfway decent. People have people have been saying good things about that. I've heard I've heard good things about so, that. So that oh, may be like the new answer to like hey, what's hey, the hey. what's the best video game adaptation? Is that well, that may Matt Belinky? You yourself saw Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Right, um, which was good. Yeah, that that and was may like, be the new winner. And, and for a long time, was like the last movie you thought you'd ever seen in movie theater because uh, that was early 2020, before the champion season yeah. started. I mean, for a long time, it was. I thought Pokemon, the first movie, though it's debatable whether that qualifies as a video game movie because it's based on a cartoon show, right? But I think you've also been a fan at times of of Pokemon, the first movie. Yeah. Pokemon uh, yeah. the first movie, which which is still held in high enough esteem. I don't know if you guys noticed, but Netflix did a shot for shot adaptation of the movie in 3D. You know, like like sort of new style 3D <laughs> animation. Like so, you wow. could go on and watch the Pokemon movie, or or go on YouTube and watch like a comparison of certain scenes. You know, putting them side by side, and it's pretty it's pretty wild that they felt the need to do this. That they they felt like a traditional anime style just isn't enough to get kids to want to watch it. See, the thing is that uh, Scooter Braun had bought up all of the original animation cells. <laughs> 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 Got it. So so this is uh, what this is uh, the Pokemon movie Ashes version. Or, uh, you know, it's Squirtle Squirtle's version. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling Pikachu. <laughs> God, God damn it. <laughs> uh, feed Fensel, you're uh, in this kind of vaguely alphabetical way that that we're going. What what uh, what has the what has the passage of time wrought upon you? Well, I do want to I'll say one more thing to close out what Blinky said, which is I've been Googling frantically the patch that introduced hats to Team Fortress 2 came out in May of 2009. And I think of the hats 
on Team Fortress 2 as being the real vanguard of the transformation of focus in uh, video games from, you know, performance to uh, customization and and kind of uh, shrinking down and changing the idea of what it meant to own an experience in a video game. But I, putting that aside, uh, and now we have me- now we have Dogecoin. <laughs> do you? you no i don't i have no, <laughs> not zero zero no, no. percent um i mean you guys have heard from me almost every week for this entire time so you probably know how i'm doing better than i am but i will make one note which is i think relevant to the pop culture in general which is you know about three years into the podcast i finally got it together a little bit and went into therapy right and so uh there's probably three especially rough years and then of course from there it, you know it comes and goes but one of the things that happened over the course of, of time is that I was never really interested pr- early on in, in overthinking it in in, uh, in kind of tolerating entertainments that made me sad. Right. And that includes music. That includes, you know, uh, movies, television shows, video games. Uh, I mean, I would appreciate things that were melodramatic and sentimental, you know, I, I liked a good ballad and I liked a, a good thing along those lines. But I was I was always not only, you know, resistant to but resentful of pop culture, whose sort of goal was this kind of processing of sadness. Right. The sort of down tempo stuff or the sort of uh, you might you might think of it as kind of artsy sometimes or whatever. And that was part of why I was so gung ho for everything Vin Diesel ever made. Right. It's because Vin Diesel didn't have any time to be sad either. Um, (laughs) which Lord knows, of course, the processing of Vin Diesel's, you know, great, you know, uh, 23 inch bicep grief was one of the great cultural events of overthinking in history. In one of the, Um, like, uh, though, I, I I suppose not, not only the loss of, uh, you know, the sad loss of Paul Walker, but also in the first film, one of Dom Toretto's best friends gets machine gunned down in the... (laughs) Yeah, you know, and uh, yes. he does it, but it's you not, know, it's not played like a Morrissey album, you know, like it's not. <laughs> Can I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Pete, one of the, the in-jokes that is developed, uh, you know, over the course of the relationship between my fiance and myself is that, uh, I say, Hey, can I put, uh, can I put a record on? And, and she says, no, you only like sad music. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, as an OG Tori Amos fan, I can, I can tell you that, uh, you know, there's, if you want to just delve into the, the, the slough of despond that, you know, and that, if an LA County prison bus crashes into a Dodge Charger <laughs> to die by your side would be a heavenly way to die. <laughs> yeah. I was imagining. And then like the bus, like, like is picked up by a helicopter and 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 then helicoptered over a chasm right i it's the the <laughs> the more <laughs> too too sad too furious yeah. <laughs> well if if heaven and hell decide that they both are satisfied illuminate the nose on their vacancy signs then put on some scar makeup because i've just described the plot to i frankenstein um but <laughs> no, that's not how it goes. <laughs> but it's how I Frankenstein goes. So, so so Pete, you say you say you like sad things now, and that's what No, uh, I'm able to tolerate them a little bit better. I, it's more like I understand it now. I didn't even really understand it. Got it. Uh, and I was very resistant to it. And so it's not necessarily that I like it, and it's not necessarily that I didn't like it 
at all then. I just experienced it through. It was like you had to kind of punch through it, right? You had to have this energy behind it because there was no safety in it, right? Yeah. And so, uh, so, and again, during COVID, that, that you know, protectiveness has had to go back up because there's been so much that's been so scary and sad. And, you know, you kind of need to, at least I felt I've needed to be a little bit protective. And also because, you know, my home echoes with Rafi all hours of the day. Ryan, by the way, my sleep time dance song. Oh, that's the only the members will hear about this. But mine is Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. Uh, the members will know what I'm talking about. But anyway, yes, I, I do feel like I understand better now. Uh, I do thank the t- the uh, Theory for Turntables podcast for introducing me to the Mountain Goats, which is not something I would have been into when this whole thing started. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I think that that's been a skill. And, and it's something that I maybe don't carry through to the podcast so much because I still am so worked up about not being able to talk about Venom 2. Um, <laughs> let alone not even be able to you see You can it. talk about <laughs> there's no no one is stopping you know, in the, you know. but I'm stopping myself <laughs> anyway uh, so that's, well, it, there's enough other people here you can move on from little old me I'll just be here you know enjoying the sweet sadness in the corner of all of our times gone by oh fair, fair oh. enough I, I don't know what Ryan thinks about this but uh, I, I think that if uh, the sole accomplishment of the theory for turntables podcast is to have turned you into a mountain goats pan, fan 312 episodes are worth it <laughs> it worth turned it. me into a, pet, a pretty reckless fan also so don't <laughs> I feel like is this did we just discover that we turned Pete into a fan and then Somehow, Pete, you created the uh, the TikTok meme accidentally. Right? That we actually like. I knew in my heart of hearts that we were responsible for that. Um, and so, yes, I think. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It, that's the plot of the Aston Kutcher movie Butterfly Effect. I think. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna throw out movies we didn't do or things we talked about years and years and years ago or whatever. Yeah, it's a pop culture. I hope you fly. I hope we butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> or you know to to bring it back to uh to bring it back to the fast and furious i hope cars fly i hope cars fly into space uh mark you're a, a better musician than any of this why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about how, how you've weathered 700 episodes Oh, let's see uh, uh like others on this i have sire children multiples of them well, two to be very specific of it. Do you make no, them, so do you make them call you sire and not like dad or dad or something like that? You know, because I think that would be that would be a power move. You know, working good, on it. Yeah. Good morning, children. Good morning, sire. I th- that would be it's wonderful. My liege, perhaps. <laughs> um, okay. And reflecting back on things, um, uh, aside from you know the major familial development, which I just described there, um, I, I I think about particularly on this podcast how. My takes have never been that good. Let's be honest here. In particular, like the the, the one where I missed the mark the most, pun intended. Um, as I believe on the Thor podcast, I predicted that the Marvel Cinematic Universe would, uh, I think the phrase I used was collapse under its own weight. Um, and, uh, you know, a decade plus uh, later and, uh, you know, two dozen of the most financially successful movies uh, of all time <laughs> later. Um, I think it's safe to say that I called that one wrong. Um, I mean, there's time for sure. There is time, you know, this new phase over the multiple timelines, the journey, the, the, the the jury is still out, but, um, I think at least like, you know, for, um, the take, um, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? The statute of limitations, uh, that one ran out. 
But John, I, you're, you're going to save me. Yeah, I, I don't know, Mark. I mean, there was that one movie where they did kill off like half the cast. I mean, that seemed pretty desperate. <laughs> Lame move, right? <laughs> the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so popular that there was a horrible plague that closed all the movie theaters. And they still had a movie that was so successful that the lead actress had to sue the company to get her residuals for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's something that happened like recently, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like it outlived movies. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the, that's that is interesting. The cinematic universe outlived the cinema for sure. Oh man! But no, Mark, your takes are great. What are you talking about? You have great takes. I, it's just yeah, that when I agree. You, when you're you being get too hard. You get discouraged with crap too easily. Uh, that's all it's not it's not crap it's whereas crap. whereas today i i saw a trailer for uh the king's man the kingsman prequel and i thought oh pete's gonna love this oh yeah i love to see it. <laughs> my toddler's gonna let me go see that that'd be great <laughs> kingsman 2 the golden circle is heavily underrated but there's too many people on the podcast for me to talk about that right now we don't have time we don't have time <laughs> it's exactly anti time data anti time that's what we need <laughs> exactly uh it's exactly what it's for yeah mark i think you're being uh i think you're being too hard on yourself uh but my my take that has proven to be correct by the way is that uh, all good music has actually already been done at least for certain constraining things which we talked about last week um i called that in 2008 and and, uh, 2009 or so and uh yeah i think that's that's, so so we have we have a p uh, achieved peak rock we we are on the downslope of this uh peak rock slash jazz influence pop let's put it that way uh, done and done out here smoking out the window, man. <laughs> uh, John Parrish, uh, how how you know how have the ensuing years treated you? Uh pretty well. I mean, obviously, personally, like like many of us, uh, you know, now married, now having a child. Uh, you know, culturally, it's it's been you know it's it's been a weird time, a weird a weird thirteen years for for all of us. Uh, the one thing I have noticed. And I, I think I was ob- observing the beginnings of this back when I was writing and, and recording more regularly with y'all is – well, I, actually, we've kind of gone past this loop. I was observing at the time that the rest of pop culture media was sort of eating our lunch, that overthinking pop culture was now just sort of a staple of what like the AV Club or Vulture or any of a number of blogs did. Um We've now gone pa- – we we passed that a couple of years ago to the point where overthinking was uh, – I, I think by – through a lot of mainstream – from a lot of mainstream sources, overthinking was sort of gauche. It was like, oh, the, the, the let people enjoy things movement. It's like, oh, why do you have to look so much into everything? Um, and now I feel like it's it's come back around again or it's entered a new phase or I, 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 don't, I don't know how quite to articulate it, but – Long story short, you know, OTI has been here the entire time. So, you know, we, <laughs> don't call been, it a comeback. <laughs> so, yeah, we've we've been a, we've been a touchstone the entire time. Well, I'll, so, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, John, uh, since I've, I think since 2014, uh, we and, uh, you know, I suppose it's it's 
me in the eyes of the law, uh, but uh, us collectively, spiritually, own a trademark on the words <laughs> overthinking that I that I registered. And every six months or so, I send out a bevy of cease and desist letters. Yes, <laughs> I'm so glad you're actually doing that. That's so great. Well, because a I bevy, mean, a bevy is a lot. Yeah, no, I I I did like I took down yeah, maybe like. Trademark, you gotta do it. I, yeah, you do, or else you lose it. Like it's it's one of those like use it or lose it. And we use it in that we you know continue to operate the website and continue to sell memberships and you know continue to sort of identify our podcast you know using using this title. But also like you, you have to protect it when you when you see infringement, you got to go after it, uh, or else you kind of lose the right to to go after it. And so so like I I do this and I feel a little bad because sometimes it's like I had this this email exchange with these like this like 18 year old kid and he had come up with this great title overthinking it you know and then he gets this like he gets this letter from me that's like well actually you know i try to make them like as non-officious uh, as possible but like so so <laughs> my point john is that we're well positioned to capitalize on this trend on this new <laughs> trend of overthinking pop culture so that's uh that's what up my friend if if only holding dominant intellectual property were the way to capitalize on things in 2021, whereas apparently the way to capitalize on things is owning not IP in any sense of the word, but a decentralized <laughs> uh, Web 3.0 concept of a thing that may exist on a server somewhere that no one can point to and that anyone can right-click and save. That's that's great. Yeah. Uh so so what you're saying is we should get into the cat gif business. <laughs> clearly clearly that's where the the money and the impact lies. All right. Well, uh, hey, uh you know, I'm going to I'm going to come back around to Pete Fenzel and he can give us all financial advice later. <laughs> No, I don't even work in that industry anymore. What are you talking about? Uh, I worked there in five years, Matt. By the by, the way, just 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 to clarify, everything I say is legal advice, and listening to this creates no. a legally binding. No. Past performance. We are not tax advisors. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Consult an investment financial professional. Yeah, Johnny, you don't want to get this podcast decertified by FINRA. <laughs> I think the past performance, you, I think we can guarantee 700 more episodes, right? Like that's our past performance, and there are going to be future results of 700 more. <laughs> Promise. Yep. Hey, that's that's Ryan Sheely. How has uh, how the passage of time treated you, sir? Well, I, you know, I was reflecting a little bit on – in the, beyond the life changes, also married, also have a kid, how how what I consume and what I overthink has changed. Um, and, you know, there's it, it, it in the early days, right, that we we've mentioned a few times that we were starting just before the start of the MCU. And so there was a lot of MCU and Dark Knight, right, the kind of big blockbuster culture consuming superhero movies. Um, and then also, you know, that eight period was early in Mad Men and kind of early in that era of that golden age of of TV. And I think we're in a different I mean, we were already entering a different moment, but before um, the pandemic. But so I think that there's moments, uh, elements of fragmentation. And I think that at least for ourselves, 
right? That as you know, Pete mentioned, you know, one's like very likely to overthink, um, you know, kids' music or books more because that's what you're getting in the course of the day. And so I do think that, uh, and I, I've seen that in the podcast recently of episodes on on apple picking and on going out, right? And that um, even when there aren't um, the same pop cultural properties there there is you know we we find something um and then just uh, as a related thought on on cyclicality i think john's right that if overthinking is coming back you know and things from basically the late early 2000s are coming back um another sign of that is i don't know if you guys have followed that uh, the current new next fashion trend is indie sleaze so that which is the basically the american apparel aesthetic uh of um of of um let's see from this article from nylon um things like uh oversized band tees fishnets chokers arctic monkey vinyls so if indie sleaze and the cobra snake can come back so can we uh, too. <laughs> hey uh, I mean, also also cyclical uh next year there's a new batman movie coming out Starring Robert Pattinson, so combining well, our I, a twin interest I, of superhero movies and the Twilight movies. I hear this. I hear this one's a dark and gritty take on Batman, though. What? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Never done before. Oh man. Um, Ryan is uh is is the Arctic Monkeys an indie band? <laughs> I don't know. Are they? That sounds like a a, a children's book series. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen it yet. The Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> Are so very cold. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I thought I thought you meant the children's book would be called "Are the Arctic Monkeys an Indie Band?" and it follows someone like looking in the the aisles of various record stores, looking in Best Buy, looking at their their local coffee shop or the the bar basement, looking for Arctic monkeys, and they can't find them. Yeah, it's like and hipster- the, the real Arctic monkey is within um. <laughs> hipster hipster Pat the bunny, right? Like uh, you know, I don't know how shiny is Daddy's vinyl collection. So so shiny. <laughs> don't, don't let the Arctic Daddy monkey has vinyl drive the bus. Um, vinyl records he cannot play. <laughs> what were you saying, Ryan? Uh, I said, don't let the Arctic monkeys drive the bus. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not interested in what Pete the Cat has to do with any of this, but I already don't want to hear Grumpy Toad's take on it because Grumpy Toad is trash. So just throwing that out there. Anti Grumpy Toad. Right? Yeah. I don't know. You, you were always okay with Eeyore. Why can't we? I think there's room in the world for Grumpy Toad. No, Grumpy Toad's problem isn't. I've moved on, Matt. It's not that he's sad. He's a liar and he's a cupcake thief. And he also I, honestly, I just respect the fact how many it's like 10 cupcakes or 12 cupcakes <laughs> that he just he gorges himself on. Yeah. And he's the amphibian, too. So he doesn't have like the body heat to really metabolize all that sugar. Like, no, but then yeah. he, here we go. He goes and later this afternoon makes yeah. like makes like 40 brand new yes. of decorated cupcakes. And the cupcake party's at three. It starts at three. You know this from page two. So, you know, he makes those cupcakes real fast. And then you just wonder, does he just sit at home making batches of cupcakes? Like, if he has himself? the ability to make cupcakes of that quality, why does he need to steal other people's cupcakes? <laughs> Seriously, especially so in those like, groups about too. Grumpy Toad. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't stop them from starting a witch hunt. Yeah, no, you guys yeah, have think... to have you have to have a little bit more sympathy for Grumpy Toad, right? Hurt toads, hurt toads, right? <laughs> well, well, I thought you were gonna go with one must imagine Grumpy Toad happy. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not if he's sitting with ten cupcake wrappers around him with his face covered in icing. <laughs> I, 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 this like does prove my point because we were able to muster so much more about Pete the, the Pete the Cat cinematic universe than it's any so movie that dropped in the last few weeks. It's like 70 books, and I feel like I've read all of them. I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, do, you think, do you think Pete is actually good at playing the guitar? Because he, I, I have this <laughs> sneaking suspicion that he's just one of these guys who loves to like bring out the guitar and play it at the slightest provocation, but like actually everybody just hates and dreads when he plays guitar. I mean, Pete in the first book, Pete is trying to put on, put like keep his shoes on, right, for like a long period of time, like a day without like ruining them. Then he goes to like kindergarten at one point. And then by like book 50, he's building sentient robots in his own image. So like what Pete's skills are is like highly variable from book to book. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's a like, bit like Dom Toretto in that way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's an escalation, and yes. at some point, you got to decide. It's like I don't believe that the Pete that I grew up with would ever be capable of this level of robotics. <laughs> but he's also because he's incapable of curing his own hiccups. Like, what is he going to do? Um, he's afraid of bananas. <laughs> yes, he wears those mood-altering sunglasses. Oh my goodness, it's awful. So awful. Uh, Jordan, you you kind of started off this round, but we, we, it hadn't really developed. You know, the the concept of the game hadn't really developed when you started. So I've, I, you know, I figure maybe there's a chance to uh, for you to put the, uh, you know, for you to put the the hat on the hat on the hat of this of this particular round. So I don't know. Any closing thoughts on how the passage of time has has treated you? You know, uh, not really. <laughs> one thing that I've I've noticed every time that I come onto one of these podcasts is that I feel like I'm a, a pretty decent comedic like counterpuncher. I'm good at doing the the and one on other people's comments or jokes. When asked like a direct question about myself, I panic and freeze, and that has not changed. <laughs> a direct question about yourself: uh, What 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 is your favorite brand of hot sauce, Jordan? Um. Oh man, it's the uh, the one with the the sambal olek with the green plastic top. It's about like the size of a um of a can of Red Bull, but like shorter. Fantastic stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah. you can make a uh, make you can make sandwiches with it that are just like peanut butter and that hot sauce, which are superior to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. At least if you have like the the glucose pro- processing abilities of a uh, you know well uh, well aged gentleman such as myself. Hmm. I I mean I get oh sorry. Oh, I was just saying inferior to my favorite poison of um, a peanut butter and sauerkraut sandwich, which really not spicy, but uh, <laughs> what? That's not a real. That's like what Elvis ate before he died. Right. I, I, I've never made it as a sandwich. I've only made it as an open faced toast. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah, because the thing I wanted for that sauerkraut was for it to be hot. That makes it so much better. <laughs> You stare enough into the deconstructed sandwich, the sandwich begins to deconstruct you, I think. Oh, oh that that sandwich sounds like it would deconstruct you pretty yeah. well. <laughs> from the from the inside, am I right? I guess I mean, you know, I'll I'll close it out by saying like something that has changed and it's not something that we talk about the the um 
a lot on the show, like, but uh, my kind of like professional life, my, and, you know, professional aspirations and things like that have, have changed. Like since in my mid thirties, sort of giving up the pursuit of professional acting largely because I couldn't, I couldn't see a path to like living a life with any kind of, Oh, how to put it? Any kind of dignity <laughs> or, or self-respect. Um, you know, it, it seemed to be incompatible with, you know, I, with the, the pursuit of, of a career in professional entertainment. I could, you know, I could have done it. Like I, I was making my rent. Like it, it wasn't like it, you know, it wasn't like I was, um, living even that, that austere life, but, uh, it just, there, it wouldn't create the kind of, the, the kind of stability that, you know, that I wanted that I, I, I sort of left that behind. And now, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a tech bro, uh, in, in a city that's increasingly, you know, LA is increasingly being, being taken over by tech bros. I mean, hell, entertainment is being <laughs> increasingly taken over by tech bros when, you know, I don't know the, 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 like the, all these streaming services with the exception maybe of Netflix are really there to like, you know, uh, uh, kind of what make you feel more favorably. They're there to kind of arbitrage, uh, the net promoter scores of large consumer brands. Uh, because, you know, I don't know. It's really, uh, it's really tough to feel, uh, great. About the service, the mail order service where you, where you buy 144 uh, rolls of paper towels. But you know, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, like we all love that, right? And that's what, <laughs> that's what entertainment is for. That's who it's owned by. That's who funds it. And that's why, uh, now, and I guess like, uh, like professional entertainment, I, I took a, a step towards, towards, um, towards technology and like the, the, you know, the role of one of the reasons that it's been, I don't know, great for me to stay with overthinking it is that the, the, it's been an outlet for kind of creative, for creative projects as it's been, you know, less and less a part of my, uh, you know, a part of my vision for my, my, uh, livelihood or, or vocation. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, and yeah, having, uh, having no children yet, the, the, uh, I, I am not, I'm not yet called on to make up, uh, you know, the funny lyrics to songs or, or funny dances to songs or, you know, I don't know, uh, tell bedtime stories or, or any of the other, uh, myriad outlets for, for creativity that, that parenting must afford you at every, you know, every possible moment. Um, and so, yeah, it's the, I don't know, the, the, the professional, uh, the kind of the professional changes is, um, is another one. And yet, you know, I don't know the, the, the way of, um, Oh, uh, the, 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 I, you know, my way of being a tech bro, I hope is a, is a, you know, anarchic deconstruction of, of, uh, tech bro ness that, uh, you know, really a punk, uh, a punk tech bro, um, tech bro kind of style that I, you know, I don't know that I, that I sort of like, I don't know. We've always pretended that we don't have, have kind of lives outside the movies that we watch on the podcast though. And that, that, that purity is, I think one of the things that's been good about it, right? Like rather than just going off on our, our lives. 
that's what you're saying is that actually like the overthinking corporation is mainly about crypto and speculating on water rights and the website is just there to build up brand equity this is you're finally telling us <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly the podcast is really there because people feel more favorable <laughs> about a bunch of of you know enjoyable personalities that they might you know have a parasocial relationship with than they do about you know i don't know a, a uh, like a bunch of of well, I'm a patent troll, basically. You know, I, I just I, I shut podcasts down. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you said those cease and desist letters out, right? Like right, that, exactly. That's actually, the business model. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lic- <laughs> licensing fees, licensing fees. We're the George Lucas of. Uh, uh, we're, the, we're. I don't know the. the um, <laughs> I just had the horrifying realization that if you were to remake The Graduate today, the line where the guy goes up to him and says, like, I've got one for one word for you, plastics. It would be, I've got one word for you, Dogecoin. Yeah, crypto is what the one word is what the one word would be. I don't know. Can we update any other classic <laughs> classic? I, I mean, I feel like if you if you were to update the graduate today, the, there'd be problematic aspects of it that would keep it from from getting greenlit before you had to worry about what the kind of like you know the sort of soulless the representative of soulless commercialism would be for the yeah. Dustin Hoffman yeah, character. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, there's there's two. I think the two ways that that movie goes have sort of been entirely subsumed by by pop culture at all at large to wit one the the restless ennui of post-graduation aimlessness in a consumer culture that like everyone feels that and two the how how totally awesome yet kind of weird it is when a younger guy has a relationship with an older woman like whoa what's up with that shenanigans uh that's also (laughs) been kind of uh uh yeah, so I, I I don't know what there is left of of that movie to to plumb, so to speak. Yeah, the the, the what's up with that shenanigans genre of film, <laughs> which includes what Porky's, which includes all the R-rated comedies from the from the eighties, like my beloved Police Academy <laughs> series. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're uh, they're all, all out. They're right out. All the way up through all the way up through American Pie, and that that brief last gasp of, of the sex comedy, you know, that, that whole premise of what if the graduate, but rad <laughs> that, that, well, uh, uh, what wedding crashers was supposed to be the, like the big, the big reemergence of that, of that whole genre of the R rated comedy. Right. And I, yeah. and I guess like, I don't know what, I'm not sure this is a trend worth it. We're delving into anymore, but it, it is interesting to think what happened to that strain. I mean, it was driven onto HBO, right? I mean, are you oh, skipping I mean, the whole? Pri- I'm sorry, go ahead, Jordan. I was going to say, like, a big part of it, I think, and this is like creepy and weird, but the the ubiquitous fire hose of internet pornography, right? That like you can no longer guarantee a certain market segment by the promise that there might be like a nipple in this one. Uh, and I feel like those mo- like that was built into the business model for those movies. And like when that went away, and the music industry kind of died, so you can't cross promote the sound soundtrack album in the way that you used to be able to. And then what's left for it? Pete, what yeah. were you about to say? Oh, just that R-rated comedies continue to be pretty successful. Um, but it's more like it's more like they break through every once in a while, right? Stuff like The Hangover or Neighbors. I said we skipped the whole bridesmaids thing. Right. 
Um, I mean, these are every once in a while. I mean, Melissa McCarthy, of course, made a whole bunch of them. But but when we say R-rated comedy, we're not talking about the same kind of movie that you were talking about. Right. It's coming to mean something entirely different. Uh, The uh, 21 Jump Street movies. Sure. Yeah, I guess, you know, I I, because what gets rated R, this is, you know, this is what the South Park movie is about, that it's it's actually kind of BS, like what gets what gets rated R versus what, you know, what should get uh, what should get rated R or like the, you know, the double standards around, you know, for uh, uh, language versus violence, for example, uh, was the was the real one that the South Park movie was about. And that like, yeah, so so sure, I guess there are I mean, I guess there are R rated comedies, though. I, I yeah. you know, There's I don't this guy know. named Seth Rogen out there, Matt, you might be familiar with him. I'm not sure. He does a bunch of stuff. It's kind of. But I mean, to your, like to your point, right. To your point, rather, I think a lot of that is going on is going on uh, TV or on streaming services these days. I mean, HBO has you know a, a, a couple series out that meeting that description. Hulu, Netflix, all uh, all along those lines, and now all of the you know original broadcasting networks are now breaking into their own you know unique streaming only platforms. And I, I think if you want that you know raunchy but you know raunchy but upbeat yeah raunchy but yeah (laughs) (laughs) but if you want that raunchy but uh yeah you'd 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 find a better home for that on on the streaming services than in well i mean you'd find a better home for most creative concepts on the streaming services than on you know a a big uh a big screen multi-theater release the the I, so I've been watching a uh, I've been watching an HBO show. We've been watching an HBO show that's the Mindy Kaling show about. Uh, that's the one I was thinking of the 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 sex lives of college girls. It's called the sex lives the sex lives of college girls, which is even in its title, is kind of like trolling you, isn't it? Because it's sort yeah. of it's kind the, the- of daring you to take it in that like objectifying that kind of sexploitation you know film yeah, it's, kind it's of the sort way. of thing you'd see in like the the back shelf of a of a block but well not a blockbuster the the video stores that blockbuster wiped out of the market before everyone romanticized them uh and blockbuster being wiped out in turn but yeah it's like oh the sex lives of college girls like no this is about real human beings sorry it, yeah, the 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 title. Yeah, the title is is uh, highly ironic. But the yeah, it's it's. But the oh, have you been watching that, John? Like the weird thing about it for me is how oddly wholesome it is. Like how I, you know, how like I have feelings of like affection for all of these characters, and like I want good things to happen to them, and I want you know, yeah, and, and I want may- all I want all of their sexual experiences to be like consensual and enjoyable and like life life affirming. <laughs> That may also be that may also answer a question of where of where the raunchy comedies have gone. It's like we're no longer looking for the uh, I guess the the ill feeling or the uneasiness of of people being shamed and taken advantage of, you know, in the era of post post Parks and Rec post Shit's Creek. We're looking for, you know, people people coming to terms with things in a, you know, humane, comical way. It, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what we're looking for because we're old. Uh, but I wonder, you know, <laughs> we are old. You know, like it's, it's, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know if, if recent political history have, have taught us anything. It's like that, that we'll never be done with the darker impulses of our, um, uh, of our culture, I suppose. And they did reboot Dexter after all. So, you know, dark and gritty. It's, it's Dexter, but it's a, it's a dark and gritty reboot of, 
of uh, yeah. of Dexter is what they have. Yeah, you guys all want the what's up with that cinematic universe. I want the what's up with that cinematic universe with DeAndre Cole and Lindsey Buckingham. Now with Paul Rudd. <laughs> Hey, can I can I pose a question about something that's changed in the popular culture? Do any of you have YouTubers that you follow and watch like the way that you used to follow and watch TV shows or oh, movie franchises? I, yes, I know several. Matt Belinky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Matt Belinky does. Are there any of them that are worth like overthinking? I, I that's a tough one to answer because literally all the ones I follow are overthinking some subject to some degree or another. So like overthinking them in turn would be just I don't know, it would be would be desadesque in its in its obscenity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like just sitting around and thinking about like a, a group of people that overthink things and navel gazing and self contemplating that for, for an hour. God, what an awful value judgment for your entertainment, right? I'll put it to you this way. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Back at, back when I was regularly on these, I used to get real self-conscious if the podcast ran over like 75 minutes. I was like, no, this is this is too much time. We're asking our fans to commit too much time to, to, to listen to us ramble for 75 minutes. That's just indulgent. Uh, one of my one of my new favorite YouTubers uh, recently put out a uh, a seven over seven hour review of cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> uh, in the format of one introductory video that's an hour and 15 minutes and then a playlist of six unlisted videos uh each of which goes into a different section of the of not just the game but also like the pop culture experience and discourse surrounding the game uh, and he insists, maybe as a joke, maybe seriously, I can't tell, that's part of the bit, that you can only watch two of them. So that, that's that when when I say that overthinking it, it as a concept has sort of entered the entered the the discourse and been saturated and mutated. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Uh, I know that Ryan and I watch a YouTuber that we could overthink yep. at the drop of a hat. Yep. <laughs> we, and I have it, a a text thread overthinking the ad reads on the fantasy basketball podcast that we that we both listen to the Locked On uh, Fantasy Basketball Podcast by John. Josh Lloyd, an Australian man who talks for about two and a half to three hours every single day about the NBA and what it means for fantasy basketball and also <laughs> about protein bars um, and McDonald's. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And also, you know, you know, you got all these subscriptions. You got subscription to services. It's a business tactic. They try to get you not to cancel them. And uh, this one, you know, this is the service. It really gets you. It saves you money. But he has a whole thing. There's this little kid with his dad and the kid wants to go to McDonald's and he appears. He's jumping different ads now, Ryan. Yep. Little, yeah, I little know, Bobby, I know. Right? Little Timmy's now eating, uh, eating, eating built bars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> off of, you, off get, you guys listen to a fantasy basketball podcast. Is that like just a like a white noise thing that you do to fall asleep at night, or no, you do it no. for, for her? The two best people in a fantasy basketball league together yes. for the last two years. <laughs> we're in separate divisions. I guess that's changed. <laughs> yeah, we're we're the two undefeated teams in two different divisions of a 
mostly former comedian fantasy basketball league, which is yeah. as awesome as it sounds for no money, by the way, nothing is at stake other than pride. And we put a tremendous amount of work into it. Uh, <laughs> now, now I have to, I have I mean, to ask if a three hour YouTube, it, does it, does a typical NBA game these days, not counting the playoffs go as long as three hours? Cause I, I have I, no idea. I never watch basketball. I just do fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would it be would it be accurate to say, Pete, that what you do is you take like the uh, all of the the NBA games and sort of make them into a tranche and slice off the best two percent, right? (laughs) You see where I'm going with this? Oh, first I thought you were going to say that I'm trying to gauge future performance for past results and i was going to say no past performance is no guarantee of future results. But <laughs> no, yes, it's, yeah but it so is. so pete's pete's essentially created a, a cdo or a collateralized dunk obligation there you go yes, yes. <laughs> if you sli- if you if you put Giannis on a into a pie right exactly um, I'm just saying that so that I can say that I once said Giannis Antetokounmpo's name relatively correctly on a podcast. So. We did that so, on the NBA podcast. You explained right. the basketball playoffs to us once, Pete. Yeah. And now we, done it. I realize we've done it we're just biting off this episodes. guy's shtick. Biting off this. No. You're episodes. just no parroting what you heard from your Australian <laughs> basketball enthusiast. Yeah. Look, all right. Look, oh, all I'm yeah, saying good is Thanksgiving. Why not instead of a slice of pie, want to have a Bilt Bar? You know, bring a, bring a protein bar to your Thanksgiving dinner. Everyone's going to love it. You know, it's... <laughs> It would have gotten me thrown out of Thanksgiving if I had done that. Okay, we're talking about YouTubers that we watch regularly, and we were also earlier talking about children's programming. Um, uh, Guys, Blippi. Blippi is a phenomenon um, that uh, is worthy of endless scrutiny. Endless. Has no one else here watched Blippi? Never never watched him, never going to. I came across an article (laughs) months and months ago, sort of panning and critiquing Blippi for a, a shallow, un, uninspired view of the world. So someone overthought <laughs> Blippi l- early enough that I was like, no, I, I, I got to stay away from this. We're not we're not doing Blippi in this household. You, you don't dodge the bullet there, John Parrish. Um, yeah, Blippi is, is, is pretty bad, um, but bad in such interesting ways. I mean, you got this like this this human cartoon um, who also has an animated version of himself. Um, in addition to the quote-unquote life action thing. And a lot of it consists of him um, uh, maniacally playing with children's toys and and playing in playgrounds. Um, it's like this, you know, 20 or 30-year-old man with a, with a five o'clock shadow. It's, it's, it's like disturbing in, it, in its own right. Um, uh, and then on kind of just the, 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 the crass capitalist end of things as well, he's enormously successful. Um, like, uh, as in like, you know, millions upon millions of dollars of revenue. Successful. Um, so, uh, you know, it gets, we, we have this like bizarre content engine that just, uh, allows things like this to break through. And I'm not even sure how, you know, I, I managed to, to search for Blippy, much less like decide that this was worth showing to my precious three-year-old child. Um, but now he's freaking obsessed with it. Um, and, and because of that, I know that really I'm not in charge of my own I mean, destiny. Like I, YouTube, YouTube and kids strikes me as kind of a, a, a danger zone, right? Like, because I don't know, uh-huh. you, like, the, the, yeah. you let the algorithm get at them and like three videos later, they're white supremacists or something. It's not good. It, for, it's not even bad. Know. It's like, um, it, it is just, it's, it goes to the realm of like the surreal and the bizarre and it becomes creepy. 
like uh like the procedurally generated algorithmically generated things um just like very poor content stuff that kids find arresting as well yeah at one point i was showing my son just footage of fire trucks and my wife made me turn it off because and it was like 10 hours of highlights of fire trucks. oh yeah which means it was yeah dude <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> yeah we are deep in that as well oh, like and it, you can find it on specific cities i actually showed him the 10 hours of boston fire trucks compilation i was showing him reading pennsylvania so- yeah <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, yeah. I want to know so much about the scene of people who make the fire truck videos because in the Boston one, you can see an, in many of the shots, there's another guy also filming <laughs> the, the fire trucks. And I just like there's these like two competing Boston fire truck <laughs> video compilation guys, and well, I just need to know about them. <laughs> well, it's a it's a whole it's a whole subculture. I mean, I. I one of the things I read over this past summer was was a book about Boston's subculture of uh, what they, what they call firebugs or people who are just people who just follow fire wow. trucks as they're dispatched to uh, as they're dispatched to the scenes of of fires. Like they'll they'll listen on uh, you know on on CB and like when they when they hear a dispatch they'll. You know they'll they'll race the fire truck to the scene and they'll watch it being put out. And obviously, in the era of smartphones, it's a big thing. But the the context of this was a, a series of arsons committed in the early '80s by uh, a bunch of firebugs who thought, or who at least initially claimed that they were doing it to help prevent fire stations from being closed, but eventually were just clearly doing it because they liked getting away with arson. Uh, and you can't it, fool they, me, John. That's backdraft. <laughs> and uh yeah except except real uh and they made boston the the arson capital of america for uh for about a year and a half so it's the town too basically <laughs> i think if my son were awake right now he would say fire truck fire truck fire truck fire truck fire truck and my son would go wee 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 Matt, Pol- Matt Polinky, I know, I know that at a certain point you had like committed to become knowledgeable about YouTubers because you felt like this was the next phase of of information, and you wanted and like movie stars were out, YouTubers were in, and you wanted to know what was uh, what was uh, going on. Has that has that continued? Uh, did you no, persist I've, in this I've endeavor? Moved beyond no. that, I'm now I'm now trying to learn what is going on with TikTok. Ah. Uh, I'm obsessed with this guy called the Liver King. And the liver king's deal is like he wants to live this primal lifestyle. So he eats like a lot of organ meat and then he goes on what he calls simulated hunts, which I believe is just jogging. Cause that's, that's mostly what hunting is, is you jog and then you, then you eat things. Um, but the, the I do have a, a YouTube recommendation. If you, if you guys have not watched any of Lindsay Ellis's video essays, it is the kind of stuff I'd like on, on our best day. I like to believe that like, if we put the time and effort into doing 45 minute video essays on like, let's say the cats movies, I'd like to believe that we could do something on the level of what she's doing. But like, I mean, she did this beautiful piece of work on the hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, animated film, the Disney film Hunchback of Notre Dame that was so insightful about not just like the process of adaptation, but the original novel and like, you know, talked a lot about like what Victor Hugo himself had to say about the novel and why he wrote it. Um, and it was just like, so, uh, it, it was a, a real journey, but I, I gotta say, uh, for kids, if you guys have not watched the, uh, cars, toys movies, uh, YouTube channel, 
which has like perhaps the greatest crossover animated crossover since cartoon all-stars to the rescue. So the, 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 uh, sort of prestige, the, the, the sort of premiere movie on that channel is, uh, it's got 71 million views and it's a massive crossover that begins when Mater from the movie cars is frozen by a, uh, a rogue character out of the movie frozen and lightning McQueen has to go like on a journey across multiple universes at one point, a Acquiring Spider-Man powers, still has a car, but he has a he's a car that can swing on webs, and he goes to the Toy Story. There's there's one. This is a 35 minute animated film, and at one point he's in the Toy Story universe, and there's a battle between Optimus Prime and the Emperor Zerg, which is you know Buzz Lightyear's arch nemesis, and you will you will stand up and cheer for Optimus Prime. It is better Optimus Prime action than many of the actual Transformers movies. Um, so yeah, like that is, wow. it's quite the journey. It def- definitely was one of those things where like my kid was just sort of watching cars movies and like let the algorithm take him. And then like, I look over at the screen and like, um, like lightning McQueen is just covered with minions and like swinging on webs and like, you know, terrifying, uh, uh the, the T-Rex voiced by Wallace Shawn. Um, so it was a, it was a thing. It's it was a that's a mood, as I think the kids say. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's one of these things where it's like I think this is one thing that's changed is that when we started thirteen years ago, this movie for obvious reasons would not have been allowed to be on YouTube because it violates not just some copyright but all the copyrights, <laughs> copyrights of, of pretty much everything <laughs> ever made, and you can't just rip off all the Disney movies um, and get away with it. But apparently now you Disney has perhaps wisely decided that like this movie, as long as like nothing freaky is happening with Elsa when she finally shows up in act three, um, as long as it's perfectly okay for children, this can only be a win-win for them. And so the, the cars toys movies is going strong to this day. Yeah. I, with I'm, additional, the, the, uh, uh, Pete, you'll be interested to know that they just recently did a dragon ball Z thing where the different cars, have like anime hair and are like, uh, are battling with like, you know, uh, super Saiyan abilities. Wow. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's so much, uh, uh, so many micro genres of YouTube. It's hard to, it's hard to even say what you, what you would overthink. You'd have to commit to like, you know, streamer style videos or kind of like, uh, e-news style host, you know, host to camera stuff like we do for Eurovision or vlogger, uh, type of videos like, uh, like Hank Green and, or, you know, I don't know the the, there's a whole, it's not even like an ecosystem it's multiple ecosystems existing uh existing simultaneously um on you know on this platform which is there to to uh to make you watch to make you watch advertisements uh, but but it is interesting to see all these uh, all the people who do overthinking of of pop culture who do uh a lot of a lot of the stuff that that we used to do and it it um you know, I, I don't know. I feel like we never even did it at, at the scale that, that some of the folks, uh, some of the folks who are doing it now, um, do it at, but our, I, our thing was never to show up to the podcast prepared, you know, like, uh, I think a lot of the stuff that's kind of research driven or a lot of the, a lot of it that's like theory driven or preparation driven is, is wonderful. But our, our, uh, thesis, um, was that, uh, 
I don't know, something, something special happens when this crew of, of people convenes. Uh, and I, I think uh, we're proven right tonight when the, you know, in the convocation of, of, uh, many of us for the first time in a long time and, uh, how much fun I had talking, uh, talking with you. And I, I hope everyone, uh, enjoys it. I hope everyone is entertained by it because it's, it's, you know, been a, a special thing to do in a special set of relationships in, in my life, uh, a set that I'm very grateful for. And, and that has brought me a great deal of joy and, and satisfaction. And, and it's been also a joy to share that with all the listeners. So, uh, thank you for listening. If you're listening to, um, to this podcast, wherever you are, we're, we're glad that you're with us. And thanks very much to the, uh, to the crew of people who joined us tonight, Ben, Matt, Pete, Mark, John, Ryan, Jordan, and, uh, to the overthinkers who couldn't, uh, uh, be with us tonight. You are still, uh, 100% here in spirit. And we are, we are grateful for, uh, your friendship and for your contributions to this big creative project that we've done together all this time. All right. <laughs> Let's leave it there. John Parrish has it in his contract that we are uh, contractually obligated to wrap up before one hour and 10 minutes. So uh, we'll do that, John. We, we, uh, you get your wish in this. In hey, this I, I'm, I'm, I'm equity overtime for every, every five. <laughs> so do what you gotta. I was an extra on a Michael Mann movie once and I got into golden time where you make the entire day's rate for every hour or part thereof that you are on the set. <laughs> And let me tell you, it was glorious. I went to the fancy grocery store that week. Um, yes. <laughs> Believe it or not, after these 700 episodes, we will be back with more Overthinking It podcast next week. Till then, you can visit us on the web at overthinkingit.com, where we continue to subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It, it probably, probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve.